toddler's ABCs. Athletics beyond coronavirus. Hillel Cutler's ABCs. Athletics beyond coronavirus. Hillel Ascribe Welcome to Hillel Cutler's ABC's Athletics Beyond Coronavirus. I'm Hillel Cutler, a veteran journalist who specializes in both healthcare and sports. Sometimes I write about healthcare within sports, like medical providers who work at ski resorts or those tending to athletes at the Olympics. In this era of the coronavirus and the lockdown that is helping to save our lives by limiting the spread of the disease, I think often of what the people who work in sports are experiencing at a time that they would normally be on the field, the court, or the rink. I think of the athletes, the coaches, the broadcasters, the executives, the game day staff, and I'm interested in how fans are faring now. On this podcast, I interview them about the very real here and now, and also about the day after, when the lives that we prefer to live can resume, and when the sports we love return. I welcome your comments, including suggestions for interviews. Just email me at hk at hilleldescribedcommunications.com. I have three guests today on the program who are students at Oakwood High School in Dayton, Ohio. Lily McCloskey, Becker Cash, and Caleb Dunn each plays for an athletic team at the school. Lily is a junior who plays on the tennis and lacrosse teams. Becker is a sophomore who runs cross country and track. And Caleb is a senior who runs cross country and track and does the pole vault. All three were involved in a project using 3D printers to make face masks. That helped to address the face mask shortage during this crisis for medical providers and others who need them. Lily McCloskey, Becker Cash, and Caleb Dunn, welcome to Hillel Cutler's ABC's Athletics Beyond Coronavirus. I wanted to actually say a little bit about the background to our conversation. What happened was that I saw a brief clip on CNN, which showed various graduating seniors across the country who were speaking about the coronavirus shutdown and the path forward. And one of them who spoke was Elizabeth Vaughn, who goes to your school. And on TV, she said, quote, we allowed ourselves to shed a few tears, but then quickly transitioned to funnel those emotions into embracing the unexpected. Classmates began to use their 3D printers to print face shields for healthcare workers, and our car trunks became our new favorite place to hang out, unquote. And that got me to thinking a little bit about whether there were any athletes at the school who were involved in this project, and here you are. So we'll start with you, Lily, and maybe you can Tell me a little bit about how the project started. Like, whose idea was it? How did, how did you get involved in it? Yeah, um, so I got involved kind of through my chemistry teacher, my engineering teacher, um, Mr. Rainsberger. He's the one, I don't know for Becker and Caleb, but he's the one who reached out in my sense and was asking our class if anybody had 3D printers and if they'd be willing to help kind of with this project make face masks. I know um, a woman from UD named Wendy. Was she in charge of it or was she? I think she was. Yeah, she was the liaison between all the hospitals and um, us. So I don't know if she's the one who originally set it up, but she's the one who got all of the masks to the hospitals. Yeah, Mr. Rainsberger reached out and kind of asked us and I was like, 
I told him, I was like, yeah, I have a 3D printer and I would love to help um, in any way I can if you kind of link me to this thing. And so we all kind of got together and there's like this big group email of everyone in the area that's helping. It's not, it wasn't like just us. There were a bunch of, it was like a team of kind of the area's engineers and like just people that wanted to help. Um, so we all got on like a big email group and came together and kind of scheduled it all. And there was a big, um, there's a big spreadsheet where you entered like all your information and how many um, face mask parts you could make per week, kind of. So we all put our information in there and then they would just send out um, guidelines and they sent out the kind of the file that had the piece that we were supposed to print on it. They sent it to all of us and then we kind of just downloaded it on our computers and did our own thing. And then once a week there was a, or twice a week, there was a drop off at the school and you just kind of took all the parts you made, put them in a big trash bag and wrote like how many there were and then dropped it off at the school where the builders kind of took over. So each student who signed up had a particular part of the face mask that he or she was building? We were all building the same part. We were all building the 3D printed part of the face mask, mm -hmm. but then there was a team that took like the plastic covering and kind of like assembled the whole thing. We weren't, mm -hmm. or at least I wasn't part of that. I was just like doing the printing part. So the people who were assembling it were, all, were also students at the school? Uh, it was Mr. Ransberger and his wife, mostly that did it, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Twice a week and do that. Do you have any idea, any of you, how many 3D printers in total were being used in this project? Like how many were, how many were, were involved in this? I think roughly 20. 20 printers. And those were all owned by individual students or were some at the school? I think so there, it was individuals, was it? it? There was mostly individuals and then um, Mr. Zapirian, another teacher at the school, um, ran some of the ones at the school. Um, they were a little bit less efficient because he could only go in during the day, whereas we could switch them whenever they finished. Sure. In other words, students were not allowed in the school during the shutdown, only the faculty was? Yeah. Got it. Okay. So 20 printers, several of them were at the school and the rest were in people's homes. What were each of you bringing to the project? Like, did you, had you ever done anything this complex before? Anything involving healthcare? Anything at all that was for a bigger project than a school project? So I'm on a robotics team. Um, you're so you're, you're uh, Caleb, just to identify. Okay. Yeah, I'm Caleb Dunn. Uh, I'm on a robotics team. Um, it's a high school robotics team, uh, mm -hmm. but it's not school affiliated, so it's a community team. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we build a 120 pound robot in six weeks every year. So um, it's, we use a lot of 3D printing in it, and we use a lot of design. Um, SolidWorks actually gives us free licenses, so I have a bunch of experience with designing. So I modified the original design from Prusa, which used uh, rubber band attachments for the headband to allow um, for um, bandana attachment, because it's more comfortable. So, so where did this design for the face mask come from? Originally, it's from the 3D printer company Prusa. Um, 
They're a European company. I'm not sure exactly where from, mm -hmm. but they uh, published it pretty early on um, and said, hey, this is not FDA recommended or anything, but it works. So um, people around the world started printing it. Really? So were you, were you and your teachers comparing notes with other schools around the world that, that were involved in this? Yeah, so people were like constantly uploading. They have a page on their website where they have their original design, um, and then they have a page where you can update your modified designs. So they originally had one, like a, just a stack of one, and very quickly people started stacking them on top of each other so you could print them faster. So you so are you saying that the company the 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 face mask company whose design it was was helping to coordinate these different efforts? Um, uh, I mean, they were helping to coordinate what designs were being used. So they weren't directly involved with any of the smaller groups because mm -hmm. that would be huge. They're a relatively small company, mm -hmm. um, but they printed. I'm pretty sure they printed thousands because they have a fleet of like 300 printers. Um, that they run 24-7 normally to build more 3D printers, like half their 3D printers are 3D printed. Um, and they used all of them to, use, to print masks. So um, they printed a lot, and then they made sure that everybody was printing masks that uh, were going to be useful. Becker, I know that you're one of those who has a 3D printer at home, right? Correct. And so what role did you play in this? How, many, how long were you involved, and how many do you think that you helped to print? Um, so I was involved from it from like just about the start of the shutdown, like mid, mid March to about late April. Mm -hmm. And I would print, uh, it varied like some weeks I printed more, some weeks I printed less. Um, but I printed about a hundred total. Is it hard to do? I mean, once, once you put the, is, is it, is it very sort of automated that you just input the design from a flash drive, let's say, and then it does it on its own, or to what extent do you, or does any operator have to play a role in making sure it's working right or cleaning it or anything like that? Uh, for the most part, it's automated, but uh, I'll have to monitor the print uh, throughout the day to make sure it doesn't fail, or and then once once it's finished, I have to clean it up so there's no straight pieces of plastic that can scratch the user or anything like that. Really? So you, you sort of do your own quality control thinking about what it would be like for somebody to actually use it? Yeah. Really? And were you taught how to do it or how did you know what to look for? Um, well, I've been 3D printing for almost three years now. So like I've, I'm starting to learn how to, like what's a good part and what's not. So it, yeah, it's your own quality control. I mean, that sort of puts in my mind an interesting question, which is, are there any insurance implications in people doing this because you, you, you have the best of intentions and, and yet it's not, you know, you're not professionals in this field. So is there any risk to you in being involved in this? Because, you know, somebody gets a scratch and then they, they end up suing whoever made it. They find out it's, it's you or the school, then what? Yeah. So I know that that was talked about on one of the calls that we had and um, basically in every package that we send out, they're individually packaged, um, all sanitized so that there's no chance of um, having anything on them. Um, but then in all of them, they have a note that says, this is made by, I don't remember exactly what it says, but it's something like this is made by um, students and people wanting to lend a helping hand um, 
it's not FDA approved use at your own discretion, basically. Got it. Okay. Yeah, please go ahead. Uh, we do our best to make sure uh, there's no cross contamination. Like uh, when right before I send them off to the school, I will wipe them down with isopropyl alcohol. And right when they get to the school, they dump them in a container of bleach for 24 hours. And then the headbands are moved directly to the bags to be shipped off. So there's no risk of the coronavirus getting or affecting the parts. I mean, it's very impressive the level of detail that you guys, that all three of you were mentioning that went into this. You know, I mean, being that you're not, you know, obviously none of you in the school for sure does not come at it from a manufacturing or business background. You're, you use the machines for other uses completely. And you've gotten to this level of detail, including safety and hygiene. So it's very, I mean, to me, it's very interesting how it all came together. Um, are, are any of you, do, do any of you have first hand or I should say second hand involvement with anybody who has been hospitalized with coronavirus? Anybody in your family, friends, teachers, neighbors? Have you had any, any um, personal, been personally affected by those who have come up with this terrible disease? I've heard um, one of my friend's family had it, but they were fine. Mm-hmm. And what's the situation in your town? I mean, the things you read in the newspaper or see on television news about the the weight that the hospitals or healthcare system might be under. Do you have any any idea what statistically and otherwise what that has shown in your town? So I'm not sure about um, directly in our town. Um, my dad is military, so we use the on-base hospital. Um, I actually sliced my finger open and needed four stitches. And when we went in... Um, on base, the on base hospital was nearly empty. So, when you talk about the way, you talk about the Wright Patterson Air Force. Yeah, Base? the, the Wright Patterson Air Force Base um, uh, Medical Center. I've, I've driven by it several times on the highway. I mean, it's it's always appealed to me because that was the home of the Wright brothers, of course. And I wonder, uh, you know, just as an aside, have have any of you gone to any places associated with the Wright brothers? Uh, I'm actually five blocks from the Wright brothers' house. It's right across the street from me. I've been there. I went inside. I first moved here on a tour. It was pretty cool. Um, it kind of, it's up on a big hill. I know it's a, it's a good hill for sledding in the winter. <laughs> but um, I think, so the dad lived in the house and maybe just Wilbur. I don't think Orville ever did. Caleb, I'm wondering, you know, you as, as the one senior among the three of you, your, your classmate being Elizabeth, who appeared on the, on the CNN presentation, what did you think when she mentioned the school and the students who were involved in this project? Um, I think it's cool. Um, I honestly didn't know that she was on CNN. Um, but yeah, it, it's awesome that she mentioned it. Um, it's, it was a fun project to be involved in, and I know that it did a lot of good. I, I saw a photo, um, a photo series, I guess, on the school's website that showed the sort of the motorcade of the graduating seniors and, and the individual cars and the police car was at the front. We, were you in that group? It was not, there were not that many pictures, so I don't think it showed every single graduate, but were you in that procession? Yeah, that was fun. It was a good way to do it. Um, honestly, I, uh, I'm not a huge one for tradition, and so I would not be opposed to them replacing commencement with something similar. Uh, 
it was faster, less hot, and uh, less people all shoved into one room. Faster? Like how long was it from start to finish? Um, the procession was about an hour. Um, so we started at five and we went to about six. And then there was online commencement. So they had all the speeches and everything. Um, some of them pre-recorded, some of them live um, on Zoom. And then they streamed it all to YouTube. So basically what you're saying is you got to go to the part that was fun, which was the procession. And you didn't have to listen to any speeches if you didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put it on and then we all just sat around and talked over the parts that we didn't care about. Okay. All right. And, and what about your diploma? Did, they, did you get it personally or it's going to be sent to you some other time? Yeah. So um, we all have times for today. So between 11 and 1230, um, Dr. Waller um, is coming down our street. Um, and so he's coming down basically each section of Oakwood. He's doing it across today and tomorrow. Um, and he's going to drop it off with everybody. Really? And he'll be meeting each graduate or it's just going to be left to the mailbox? Um, I think he's meeting each graduate because I think the photographer is coming with him. That's very nice. That's really, that's a, that's a nice idea. At least there's some sort of official recording of it. Um, it is. And it's very nice that it's possible to do because we're, we have such a small school district. Got it. Okay. I wanted to ask, ask um, each of you if you can explain a little bit about what, what good you think you have done through your involvement in this project. Lily, we'll start with you. Um, I think... It's been, I think it, we've done some good kind of making everyone feel safe, like in the hospitals and everything, and giving people kind of an early sense of security before um, face masks and face shields were widely available. Mm -hmm. What about you, Becca? Um, so my aunt and uncle are uh, doctors and nurses for, once for the local hospitals, once in Cincinnati, and... Uh, it just feels good to know that I'm like helping people like them out, just protecting nurses and doctors so they can uh, keep hospitals running and the nation safe. And then uh, it's also cool to think that we're, we're the step between normal times and like manufacturing thousands of these face masks. Like without us, there'd be a major shortage in the nation, these face masks. Becker, do, do you know whether your aunt and uncle received the face masks from your school or you're just saying generally that they happen to be in the same field in the medical field um i'm not sure exactly i believe my aunt definitely could have mm -hmm. we sent the uh face masks to a local hospital group and they uh distributed them among the hospitals and i there's a good chance she received one but i'm not sure mm -hmm. and how about you caleb i i heard uh one of you wrote to me and said that among the recipients, um, besides the local hospital, were also, I think, homeless shelters. Yeah, so we sent them out. Um, basically, places could request them for us. So um, a lot of dentist shops, and uh, I didn't know that we sent them to homeless shelters, but that makes sense. Um, basically, a lot of small businesses, um, nonprofits, things like that, that come in contact with a lot of people and need them. Um, we actually also sent um, out a batch to a dentist group in New York as well. So it's not just all the large hospitals. Uh, we made sure to try and um, spread them out to as many people as we could, um, especially since large hospitals generally have um, a much easier time in shortage of, shortages of getting supplies. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. I want to also talk about your, 
involvement, all three of you, in, in sports. And I'm wondering if, if you think that there was anything that you've learned in your sporting life as athletes on your school teams or just recreational sports that you've played, maybe Little League, from Little League onward, something like that, things that you've learned from sports that have helped you in, in staying with this project and in, in being involved in it in lending a hand. I mean, things like commitment or persevering through screw-ups like, you know, machines that break down, for example. Um, anything, any teamwork obviously is a part of it. I mean, anything that you see as, um, as values that transfer from, from sports to this project? Yeah, definitely perseverance. Um, I know that at least the machines that I was using, I was using two from um, DECA, Dayton Early College Academy, and one from our robotics team. Um, They're all the same type of 3D printer, um, and uh, hobbyist grade 3D printers aren't designed to run 24-7. That's why the industrial ones cost uh, a factor of 10 to 100 times more, Um, and they constantly are breaking down and uh, that causes prints to fail and then you need to fix the printer and get rid of the failed print. So I had three going and I would normally only have two running if I was lucky. Hmm. What about you, Becker? Do you see any parallels between sports and this or is that a bit of a stretch, do you think? Uh, yeah, with the perseverance, I would have, I had over the time period, I had to fix like three to four somewhat major uh, problems with my printer. And then also that team coordination, like if, like we needed, like with our group, we had so much coordination with this. And if we didn't have that, I'm not sure what we would have done. Okay, Lily? Yeah, I agree about the coordination. Like I had a couple problems too along the way. I know reaching out to Caleb was really helpful during that time and just kind of getting to work with a team like you do in sports, it was really cool because everybody was kind of there for each other, helping with any problem you might have and like problem solving together. I think it made the process a lot, like it made it even like fun and it made it rewarding to be part of a team effort. Do do any of you know how many of the school's athletes were among those students who participated in this project? Uh, There was one more senior that was with this project, but I'm not exactly sure what sports he did. Uh, yeah, so Grant Crane um, printed a couple, um, and uh, he does um, track and water polo, um, and I think he does one other sport. I'm not sure. And what 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 uh, class is he in? Um, he's a senior. Oh, okay, so two seniors in the group. Okay, terrific. Um, as we as we wind down, I'm wondering maybe if you can tell me a little bit about what you've enjoyed about playing sports with your teams at the school for the, the years that you've been at the school. I really enjoyed like being on a team, especially for tennis, because it's a very like individual sport. And so I really enjoyed just like the team bonding and getting to play like at a high level um, at practices and during matches and everything. But lacrosse is very much of a team sport, whereas tennis yes, is very- lacrosse mm-hmm. is, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for that to start up, because I wasn't going to play this year anyway, but I'm going to play next year, so I'm excited. Mm-hmm. 
What about you guys with the uh, track and field? Uh, yeah, like for cross country and track, like it's a very uh, individual sport, but also uh, you win with your team. Like it's a sport where you cheer everyone on so that they can do their best. And it's like a really uplifting thing to hear your, like your teammates cheer you on and even people from other teams just saying like, good job, you got it. And at the start of races, like, I'll always say, like, good luck, everyone, and they'll say it back. And it's just, like, a really friendly sport. It's a very friendly sport. And before all of the races, um, you're with your team. So once you start the race, you're all by yourself, basically. But um, before the race and after the race, you're all with your team. Um, it's a great community, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I know that, Caleb, you're going to be, um, you know, you're leaving the school now. So what, what is in your plan for next year? Yeah, so this summer I have an internship with a local small business. Um, it's actually a startup coming out of um, University of Dayton Research Institute. Um, and then this coming year, um, I'm going to be at UD. So hopefully they open back up. Mm -hmm. What about you, Lily and, uh, and Becker? Um. Well, what do you plan for the summer or for next year? I mean, do you think that classes, have they told you whether the whether classes will be in person or not for next year? Is it too soon to tell? They haven't told us anything specific yet. I don't think it'll be, you know, exactly the same as it was last fall, but I'm hoping we can go back at least like part-time actually in school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard rumors about um, school being half in person half online so you'll have half the grade at the school one day and then the half the next day just on and off do you think you'll be able to compete in your sports next year or do you think it'll be a casualty to this to this crisis i think it might be like based on each sport like obviously high contact sports like football might struggle to um like happen but other sports like cross-country, those non-contact sports, I think those have a chance of going on. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. I know tennis clubs opened back up yesterday, so that's a good sign there. And yeah, running is not really a contact sport most of the time, unless you throw some elbows. I don't know what you guys do in races, but yeah, that might be good. Well, Lily Becker and Caleb, thank you very, very much for speaking with me on Hillel Cutler's ABC's Athletics Beyond Coronavirus. And let's hope we put the coronavirus behind us and hope you and your family stay healthy going forward. Thank you for having us. Thank you.